Hey folks, welcome back to another episode of Middle Class Rockstar. I'm your host, Andy Sido. My guest this week is Michigan-based singer, songwriter, and musician, Kyle Rashi. Before we jump into the show, there is cause to celebrate. Uh, my goal ever since starting this podcast was to get to 100 episodes. Um, well, I guess I wanted to get to 10 episodes, but I, I had 100 in the back of my mind. And I thought, as long as I get to 100 episodes, whatever happens after that is fine. Maybe I'll keep doing it. Maybe I won't. But I got to get to 100 episodes. Well, this is it. I can hardly believe it. It snuck up on me. I didn't make any crazy plans or, you know, I don't have a background audio of people screaming congratulations or anything like that. I just was, I realized, oh, this, this week's going to be episode 100. Um, and it's cool. So there's been a hundred of these things and I'm going to keep going. There'll be a little break. Um, I am getting married next month and going on a honeymoon and all that. So there'll be a little pause, uh, as, as there is every so many episodes, but I'm going to keep going with it. I love it. Um, I didn't, put another goal in mind. Now that I've gotten to 100, is the next logical one 150, 200, 250? I don't know. The only goal I have at the moment, and I'm sure that'll change, and I'll let you know, but the only goal I have at the moment is to keep doing it because it's fun. Um, when I started this podcast, I had no idea uh, the relationships I would create. Um, and like I mentioned to Kyle, I, I don't remember if it was during the interview or after, one of the coolest things about hosting a podcast has been getting to have lunch with people that you would normally not have lunch with. And we're not actually having lunch. We're just talking. But, um, you know, Kyle and I, for instance, live across the country. We would be great friends if we lived on the same block. I have no doubt about it. We are great friends. But, I mean, we'd be over at each other's houses um, all the time if we lived on the same block. And we don't. Um, so we don't go out for lunch is my point. But... We wouldn't have had this conversation otherwise. Uh, we wouldn't have gotten together like this. And there's been so many of those. I've also met so many great new people. I'm very thankful uh, for everybody who's listened, um, for Patrick, Patrick Badgley at PQ Mastering, who has mastered every single one of these. Um, I feel thankful. So um, thank you for listening and continuing to support. I sure do appreciate it. And uh, here's to 100 more episodes. All right, jumping into the show for reals. Um, quick thanks to our sponsors. First off, of course, Patrick at PQ Mastering. He puts the finishing touches on this podcast. For any of your audio or restoration needs, visit pqmastering.com. Also, Narrator Music. For simple and affordable licensing for sync, visit narratorrf.com. And I have some of my tracks up on there as well. Um, I think I, I, I recently did an Irish jig or something, and it's, it's royal, royalty-free... That'll be Maggie the dog, our sweet puppy, barking because my fiancé's home. Anyway, back to the show. Uh, I have some music up there on Narrator Music. Uh, and, and it's licensed-free music. It's royalty-free. or Excuse me, royalty-free. And, uh, yeah, so if you need anything for, for a podcast, you need some music or whatever, that's a, a great website to go to. If you're interested in becoming a sponsor... Um, 
shoot me an email at middleclassrockstar at gmail.com or andysittomusic at gmail.com. If you'd like to support this podcast, there are two wonderful ways you can do so. If you'd like to do it in a monetary way, I'm on Patreon at patreon.com slash andysiddo, S-Y-D-O-W. Um, I sometimes put up blog posts, early tracks before I release them, sometimes podcast episodes. I've had a couple times where I've interviewed a guest after after the podcast is over, that's just exclusive content. I have one with Mickey Raphael, who's been the harmonica player for Willie Nelson for the last 50 years. And after the Middle Class Rockstar interview, we talked. Um, we got down and dirty about harmonica stuff with my buddy Nick Clark, who's a virtuoso harmonica player. And that's extra content that's not out there in the world, but it's this basically really cool uh, 10, 15-minute, however long it is, harmonica clinic where you're getting to talk with... Um, uh, you know, a, a legend in that world. And it's really cool. So that kind of stuff's on Patreon. If you'd like to support in a non-monetary way, um, just give this podcast a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Um, every review helps a lot, and I'd sure appreciate it. And then just share it with your friends. That helps out um, a lot, too. Kyle Rashi and I first met um, because we were both finalists in the Kerrville New Folk Songwriters Competition Last year, uh, sadly, it did not happen in person because of COVID. Um, but we ended up meeting in person when I was on my Dirty Thirty baseball tour in August, September of 2021. I stayed at his house. We played a house concert uh, together with Andy Baker, who's also been on this podcast um, and has also been a Kerfil finalist in winter. And we kind of became buddies through that. We've written a song together. Um, we stay in touch. We text. And uh, Kyle is a Kerrville New Folk finalist again this year, and he gets to do it in person um, at the festival later this month, which is really cool. I'm very excited for him. He has a brand new album out. By the way, he goes by Chain of Lakes. That's his, that's his band name. That's his artist name, I should say. Chain of Lakes has a brand new album out. came out on May 13th, um, and it's called The Catch Album. Great, great songs on it. Uh, I got it a few weeks ago to listen to, and I've been spinning it nonstop. Um, wonderful tracks. Support him. Support his music. And uh, I guess that's it. Sorry for the ramble. I had to do a, a little uh, celebration um, celebration talk for 100 episodes. But let's go ahead and jump into it. My conversation with Kyle Rashi of Chain of Lakes. <laughs> One, two, three. Kyle, welcome. Welcome. Sorry, I, I know I didn't give you any warning. I just pressed record mid-sentence. Here we go. I thought we were recording, so the surprise was, 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 wasn't that dramatic. Oh, I'm sorry. God, that's even worse. Like, you thought we were having meaningful conversation the whole time, and really we were just small-talking pre-interview. No, not at all, man. I'm bringing, the, I'm bringing all of it to this. We're getting real conversation the whole time, Andy. I love it. Well, I I was just gonna say that I pr I appreciate your sign. Um, Rashi rhymes with Kashi. Kyle Rashi. Um, you've got that for you know people are are likely listening to this and not watching this. Um, the sign in the background saves people from embarrassment. People who well, first off, people who don't know how to pronounce your last name. Second off, people that should know how to pronounce it and don't yet. Or, or forgot or something. It's you're helping sure. everybody out, and I sh I need one of those signs. You do. You need to get a Sido 
sign. It's, it's honestly like been like a big game changer for me. Like I've been being called rash on the radio for my entire career. And then I went to this uh, folk Alliance meeting in 2019. And I saw one of like the DJ forums where they have all like the radio DJs come and they were giving advice to the artists. And they're like, let us know how to say your name, spell it out. Like in childish terms, make it very, very easy for us to say it. So I was like, Oh wow. And then I had to try to figure out what actually rhymes with Rashi, which we landed on the cereal, but yeah, it's, is uh, that what then, Aka- I was going to ask what Akashi was. It's that, that like hippie cereal. It's okay. not very delicious. I get a lot of comments <laughs> on people's opinions of Kashi cereal now, but yeah, my drummer had that on his bass drum last night, but then when the world shut down for COVID, it was all these virtual shows so I just threw it behind me and now everybody is starting to say my name correctly. So we got to think of one for Sido. What do you think? Well, grandma, um, who used to write the all things considered newsletter, uh, <laughs> would, would suggest, uh, Sido rhymes with kiddo because of the column in the paper, the, the Sido kiddos. I read that. Yeah. Yeah. That's, a, that's what I need to do. And I will, uh, I'll give you credit. You know, you want me to put a, like a, chain of lakes bumper sticker on the sign or something you gotta put my chain of lakes cardinal on the on your sign behind you that's oh, all perfect. I have. a coat of arms i think the all things considered podcast might have to branch off of this that's brilliant yeah yeah oh you're right there could be a spinoff absolutely Are you kidding me she crushed it with that one that's killer <laughs> that's killer <laughs> The one other thing you need back there, though, if I may, um, I think to celebrate the release of your new album, I think you need a baseball mitt on the desk. I have a ball. Oh, sure enough. Way back This was given to, I played a show at the Lowell Soundcheck in Lowell, Michigan, and uh, they were, their green room had like a couple bottle waters, a little like awesome little welcome packet, and then a baseball because um, my buddy that that books it heard about my music through that catch song. So he gave me a baseball and he asked me to sign it. And he, I made him get another baseball and made them sign it for me so that I could put it in my studio because it was like one of the nicest welcome gifts I've ever gotten in a green room. It was awesome. That's very so special. I do need to get that old book. Yeah, it was pretty cool. You being a baseball fan, I yeah. got to play with you on your Dirty 30 baseball tour. That's right. That's Someday right. when all things consider podcast is a platinum smash, I'll say I played the Dirty 30 baseball tour with Andy Sido. That's right. That's right. That was his last big tour. He went straight to podcasting for the rest of his career. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. The poor, ba- <laughs> the poor bastard never made it in the music business. No, I don't know. Then there'll be a, well, then are you saying you're not going to stop through West Michigan on the Dirty 40 baseball tour? Well, no, I was, I was thinking I got to stop through on the Dirty 31. You know, it's it. Oh, man, you better. You better, man. That was a blast. That was one of the coolest ways to get to know somebody ever. You coming through, and do you remember when, I mean, you were, it was a late night. I think you arrived at my house after midnight, was it? Yeah, it was almost so we, one. Yeah, we just had to stay up all night playing songs around the fire. And it was like, it was an, it was a bad hour before you got there. I was like, I am losing steam. And then you came and there was a guitar involved. And it was just like, I've known you forever, man. It was a cool, that was a cool night. There was guitar and bourbon involved. And that may have helped 
uh, as well. Oh, I'm sure that, yeah, I'm sure that I, I had a little bourbon involved in the wait, but you had to drive. So that was probably a nice arrival, arrival well, gift. You know what? That was one of my favorite nights of the whole summer because, well, first off it, to kind of, you know, you're in Michigan. Is it, is it, what's the name of the town? Is it Three Oaks? Alto. Alto. You, play, you played in. Oh, Three Oaks Three is Rivers. where. Okay. Where that, wasn't it Three Rivers or whatever, where your, uh, where the Acorn Theater was. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. You won that song contest, right? I was, yeah, I was a finalist in it, but then I, I couldn't do it, but I went to see the theater anyway. Um, but, uh, yeah, so. I was heading to Alto, Michigan, and it was a tough night because I had a gig till 10 p.m. or something. I was driving to your house a few hours, and I was playing near near Detroit. But as I was, as I was driving in, I was getting tired. I had to, you know, I had, I had to get out to pee or eat some peanuts or something just to stay awake. And I'm finally get off the highway. I'm like, okay, I'm almost there. And then you just drive and drive and drive, and you keep driving. The road went on forever. It was a two lane road. It was dark. And, uh, I thought, man, is am I going to get murdered at the end of this, at the end of this road? <laughs> and I turn on to your driveway and I just see you sitting there holding a little guitar by the fire, drinking whiskey. And I thought, and it was maybe like 58 degrees out. And I thought this is just going to be perfect. a great night. It was perfect. I think you might be the first person who opted to sleep in the van. Cause I got a lot of friends that stopped by and tour and it's, I think it's just a little bit off the beaten path. It's just nice to kind of see some countryside that you actually get to stop in when you're touring. Generally you're stopping in cities. And, uh, but yeah, you were the first one that didn't take the guest room. You were like, no way, man, I'm going to open up the windows and sleep out here. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and, and the guest room was very nice. I appreciate it. I was just sort of, it was so majestic, uh, where I was, it was so beautiful at your house. And also when you're driving around with your bedroom, there's something there's something to be said about that. It's nice to have a hotel room, but also being in your bedroom's nice. I have such a romantic notion of a solo tour and it's just started in the last couple of years and just seeing you come through and you had temperature controlled, wonderful dry mattress literally behind you. Like I could get into that. I could, I could be into a, a couple runs of, Kyle time and of and just guaranteed good night's sleep, man. It's just oh, when you yeah. have three little kids, it's like I would kill for a couple of weeks like that. You should, you should do it to support this new record. I would, I would love to, man. I would love, I think that this is the first record that I've made that I would really like to, tr to go and tell these stories without just with me and my guitar, you know? I could play through the whole thing. Like it, it's just how it was written like that. It was written to almost be able to support like that. So this would be the one. Well, these, and these songs too are very, very personal, very story related. I mean, it is, I sort of, when I listen to the record, I picture you in, you know, in your yard at the fire playing them. Um, that's not, and the production is wonderful. The production just enhances the song. The strings are wonderful. I love it, but it is, um, you know, it may be different than some of your earlier stuff. It very much is, feels like, uh, you singing songs. Yep. It, well, that's what it was. I mean, everything got stripped away from performing musicians and bands and everything else for a long time. So it, it literally all of my musical attention got distilled down to the only part that I really enjoy and really care about. And it almost took that to have me learn it. 
that that was the case, but it was just, it all became about just writing and making the best songs that you could. And that's just what I did and what I'm kind of continuing to do. I, this is the first record that I didn't even produce. I had a, I had a producer that was in, he made the decisions for how these, the treatments were going to happen. And um, it was just very refreshing to drop a pile of songs on him. I think I gave, I mean, we had started, I booked the studio. I wanted to make a record. And I think we went in on the first day and tracked like four. And then at the end, he's like, okay, so what do you want to do with these? And I'm like, ah, this is the part that I just don't, I don't have that like vision for this really. I just like, I know I have a lot of songs and he, and he had just opened the studio. His name is Josh Kaufman. And he had just opened his own shop downtown called local legend recording. So, and he wants to produce. And it was just kind of like, it was one of the most fruitful conversations. Cause he's like, I'd love to just, produce it. And I'm like, I would love to have you just produce it, please. And so I sent him like 30 more songs. He cut the four, the four that we had. He's like, those didn't make it by the way. Uh, and he gave a fresh batch. I think we recorded 15 and he put these 11 together. So, I mean, all I had to do was write and go in and play these songs. And then Josh made the record. Well, and so when you say you recorded 15, did you record 15 after the initial four? Um, 13 I did after so 15 in total we went back in and tracked an initial another 13 and then yeah so I guess we did 16 or 17 altogether but not we didn't flesh all of all of them out so will you go back and flesh some of those out or were those just didn't did they didn't make the cut because the songs weren't as good or because maybe they didn't fit I think it was more of a fit feel because um, I, I, I am going back in in a couple of weeks and we're going to do at least four of those. Again, I'm going to bring the band in and just do them live. And then we're going to put it out as like the songs that didn't, I think we're actually going to call it the songs that didn't make the record. We're going to do like another 10 and badass. Just do them in like a day. Just, you know, uh-huh. the, I mean, my, the band's good. They know the songs like we can go in and, and do it and just get them out there. Yeah. Were the strings in the band or was that overdubbed later? No, that was Sav Vice. Of, she's in a band called the Accidentals. They're like Michigan's darlings right now. Sav was a, a finalist with us in Kerrville. Yes. 2021. That's how yep. I met her. Yeah. And uh, we wrote a little bit together and then she she threw out, let me know if you guys want any strings because she was setting up her studio down in Nashville with Katie, her bandmate. Um, so I was like, uh, okay. Yeah. Both studied um, up in Northern Michigan at a place called Interlochen. Mm-hmm. Interlochen Arts Academy. Have you heard of it? No. It's a pretty prestigious music school up there. And she, they're both classically trained. I think she's a classically trained violist and a violinist. And Katie's a really good cellist. So, yeah. So they arranged Sam it and tracked it. I sent, I sent them the tracks and said, you hear anything? And she's like, I think so. She sent them back and it was like, perfect. I love wow. it. Wow. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. That's really cool. Um, it's very much a, this rec- this recording is very much a, collabor- a collaborative venture for me, more so than it's ever been. It's always been me making the decisions. And this one, I let the people that played the studio play the studio and the people that, you know, played the orchestrations, play the orchestrations, you know? Well, so isn't that funny that you collaborated more than ever, you let go more than ever, Yet it sounds more like you than ever. It sounds more like you doing your thing more than ever. 
That's really nice to hear. And I, I, I think I would agree with you if you're allowed to agree with that. <laughs> that it sounds more like me than ever. I'm, a, I'm more proud of this batch of songs than ever. And, you know, maybe that's because it, I'm still impressed with the work that my friends and collaborators did. And it's fun to hear that on, right. on, on your own thing too, you know, but yeah, I'm very, very proud of it. Yeah. Well, it sounds great. A, a couple of my favorites, I, I think I already mentioned to you when we were texting a couple weeks ago, but uh, Father's House, which is the leadoff track, Catch, of course, I'm biased, a baseball fan, uh, and, and you played it. It was one of your uh, Kerrville finalist songs last year. Um, it is, was. Is, in your, is batting in the three-hole of the album. And then Brave Marie, I really liked as well. Of course, they're all great songs, but um, to jump into a couple of them, Father's House... Um, what what uh, encouraged the the spelling of it? Uh, just that was how I put it into my phone when I was making the lyrics, and I never changed it. F a t h e r s h a u s one word. It sounds like a German beer. It, it I, I don't know. There I I think there. Where did I first hear somebody? change the spelling like that. I don't know. I think it's just like some hipster ironic thing. And so, and I just put it in there as that and I never, and I, we just never changed. <laughs> well, it makes it, it makes it less uh, religious looking too, right? I, you know, I, it's. Oh, that's a good point. <laughs> oh yeah. I never thought, I never, I never thought that somebody could construe that as a religious song, but you're totally right. Well, I think just upon the title, I think once you listen to the track, you're like, oh, this guy's a heathen. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> you know, but no, we'll that's talk the second track. That's the second track that you get into that. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> the wedding singer. So talk about Father's House a little bit because it's a very, uh, it's a very personal story, right? I mean, it's a, it's a, yeah. it's a true story for you. Well, um, my band is called Chain of Lakes after there's there actually is a chain of lakes in northern Michigan where my my godmother has had a property forever. And then my parents bought a property up there when my sister and I were really young. So I grew up weekends up there on the chain of lakes at and my dad was obsessed with log cabins. So he slowly started building this cabin. And uh, so that was like our family getaway is this cabin at, I mean, everything is very true about that first verse. It's like, you know, at the end of a road where there's this cabin with a wood stove and it was my, my dad's just vision. Like he's always just, he's always talked about it when he was doodling and drawing, it was the vlog cabins. And so it was kind of his, there is a, there is a cabin up North on the chain of lakes. That is, that's my old man's. Wow. And yeah. so, well, you can tell, I mean, I've seen you sing it live and heard it on the album. It just feels very, uh, very personal talking about the guitar, just the, the whole, the whole thing. Yeah. It makes, I think it makes everybody, uh, feel like, feel a, a sentimental childhood moment, which is, that's what you want with the song, right? Just, you want the, the listener to put themselves in your shoes, whether it's the exact same situation or they think about something similar that, that they went through. Yeah, that that's nice to hear, man. Thank you. I I, I love that song. That and that song. Uh, it's funny that you say that. It's kind of a childhood moment. I think my my father and I's relationship has has progressed a lot as I've gotten into adulthood. 
and that that song is kind of a statement and you know that it still is my father's house it's my father's guitar and you know he's he's always been very 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 supportive of of my music um and he's a very very driven guy but i think me applying that same kind of drive and obsession that he would apply to like business and sports and stuff it was almost a little threatening that i was applying it to art and that's kind of what the third verse is about about you know seeing this like obsessed delusional uh, you know just compulsion being applied to an artistic and it's like it's the same qualities that he has but it's it's applied very differently cedar logs all stained and stacked up in the walls an east facing a frame clear to see the lake from tucked in a cove there where the route runs out of road a good old bassett boy passed out beside the wood stove some see a cabin attack on a map some price tag attached oh I miss the world for the ground I see my father's house uh, Getting into, into Catch, which is the third song, you're talking about, you know, more about your relationship with your grandpa through a baseball mitt. And I, I mean... That that's just such a an image right there, right? Grand, grandpa comes over and brings a, the a glove and says, "Let's go, let's go play catch." Um, one thing I I noticed, um, and I don't know if this is something I always find this interesting. Uh, talking to songwriters, is this something you actively think about or not? Um, do you think about the emotion of the chords behind the lyrics, like? If you're singing something sad, are you trying to put a minor chord in there or a somber feeling progression together? I mean, do you think about that at all or do you have a riff and start putting words over it? Um, more the latter. Yeah. Rare, I'm not, I don't have the theoretical sense, I think, or knowledge that, that you do of being able to, like, I can say the name of a chord to you and you can tell me, Oh, that sort of chord sounds like this. Like I, I can't put that together so much. So I, I would say it was, it's, I mean, some, sometimes I'll have lyrics first, but I'm, I'm not sure it's that it's more emotional than it is uh, clinical as far as how I'm putting chords together. Mostly just feel, I guess. Well, that with, with catch, it came at the same time. Like that, those were that was one of those songs that you just played. Yeah. 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 Well, I, I loved, uh, when it gets, the song gets tense for a quick moment. I mean, it's a se- it's sentimental, but also very loose and happy and it gets tense just for a moment. Um, when the script turns, your grandpa's playing catch with you and now it's your turn to pass the mitt down. It's your turn to play catch with your daughter, which is so special. I'm, and it must be very special for you to get to, kind of be in your grandpa's shoes and pass it back, pass it down. But then you find out she's a lefty and, and the music gets tense for a moment because Not that's just ruins mitt. everything. You know? <laughs> Not using my mitt. That's for sure. Yeah. 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 But oh, I, I, I loved it. Thank you very, very much. That, that song changed 
changed a lot for me as the writer. You know, I think just finding the the response to something that, that personal was was big. You know, it's it was a it was a vulnerable moment to kind of go there musically and have that be the that the story being so personal and, and I mean it's it's me and my you know as opposed to he and they it's it was it's it was a big turn. That he came felt like more than just a game. We'd spend all those hours outside Just shagging flies and reacquainting And I'd say, Grandpa, I'm so grateful We found all this time to talk But come on, man, could you throw the ball? And he'd laugh his ass off I grew out of that glove, but I kept it safe and sound. Now my own kid's growing up, so I found it and I pulled it out. Turns out she's a lefty, and I hear Grandpa laughing now as we break in her brand. Pound on the pocket with your fist Tap a mallet on the webbing Rubbing a little lanolin Tie it up tight under your mattress But it's no use breaking in Unless we're out Crying out loud, playing catch with it. Let's get out now. For crying out loud, let's play some catch, kid. How did the uh, how did the release show go? It was just today is May fourteenth. This episode will come out in a few days, but today's May fourteenth. Uh, your release show was yesterday, just last night. How did yep. how did it go? How did all the songs translate live? It went great. Um, I I put together a a phenomenal band of of friends, new and old, but um, just incredible musicians that really showed up to just serve the songs. Uh, I've been very much enjoying playing solo for you know the last what three years or so. But just for the looseness and the the ability to go where the song was taking me, and you know, but I very much felt that same way with the guys playing with me. I had a, a pedal steel, upright bass, um, drums, and violin, and they all just just back these songs up with such love and care. It was it was it was definitely um, it br- it brought those songs. It, it didn't inhibit me at all, which I think playing with a band, I almost like associate that, you know, it has to be very structured and rehearsed and going here and there. And it just, it just, everything flowed really well. And I, I'm, I couldn't have been happier with it. Awesome. 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 All right. And is there more shows with the band? Is there other stuff happening to, to support the release? No, not for a little while. Um, I'm, I'm headed to Kerrville at the end of the month 
solo, obviously. And then um, I just have some festivals in the summer. You know, it, it kind of slows down as far as the listening room shows around around Michigan. Once it gets hot, everything kind of moves outside. So I'm playing uh, a, a festival called Bliss Fest up in Harbor Springs, Michigan, right at the very top of our mitten. Uh, and then I'm going to Harrisville Harbor in August and then playing a Wheatland Music Festival, which is an outstanding folk festival in right in the middle of Michigan and in, in Remus. Um, so that's pretty much all I've got in the books right now. What days are you going to be uh, at Kerrville? The 28th is the finalist show. So I'll be there. I arrive on the 27th and I'm leaving that Monday, which would be the 30th. I'm coming in on the 31st. Are you serious? Are you going to yeah. be there the next weekend? I'm going to, I'm coming in Tuesday. I'm leaving Friday morning. No, got, oh. I've got gigs. I just got to, I just wanted to come in for a couple days and see it because, uh, you're a finalist this year too. Congratulations. So you get, Thanks. you get to go do it in person. Uh, we were finalists together last year and it was, the competition was not in person, the new folk song competition. Um, so I'd never been down to Kerrville and they said, well, you know, you get your free pass yeah this year and i thought well i had to go down for a couple days and just check it out how far of a drive is that for you i'm flying okay it's it's uh you know like 15 16 hours something like that maybe further are you camping yep yep with um with uh uh, i'm gonna pronounce their last name wrong deb and rouse 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 Rouse. Yep. yep deb and Lindsay, but well, I'll um, give you my spot. I'll tell have a, if I get a good tent spot, I'll be leaving that Monday. So I'll tell them to save it. I'll leave the tent set up for you. Are you borrowing a tent or are you bringing one? I'm borrowing a tent. Yeah, I'll just I'll leave my rig set up for you. Oh my gosh, I would love that. Thank you. Um, well, so well, and leave some stuff too. Maybe put some treasure underneath the tent with a little map or something. You know, I don't know. Every, yeah, I'll leave. The, uh, yes, you bet. I'll have a I'll have a stock cooler for you. Yes. Yes, yes. Well, okay, so this is way cool, though. How many people, I, I mean, there's, I'm sure you could find out the answer to this, but I'm sure it's a very small number. Number of people that uh, have been a finalist more than once, for one, but have been a finalist in the New Folk Song Competition two years in a row. Yeah, I don't know. That That's would be interesting. an accomplishment. I, it's a, it's a, it's an elite group of people to be mentioned with. That's for sure. It's humbling for sure. Yeah. I, I cannot wait to get down there and actually experience it. That was hard part of last year. That's why I did it again. I was like, I, I got to at least try when I can get down there and play the show, you know? Yeah. Yep. Did you know when you submitted the songs, you say, Hey, I got the songs this year. I'm going to be a finalist again. Um, no, nope. I, I I don't think I have a, a catch again. And Brave Marie was the other one, which was kind of a niche song too, you know, being it just kind of like a story of somebody's whole life. Um, I thought that those were more unique songs than I had this year, but these ones are definitely, they pull the heartstrings and I think Kerrville rewards that. Right. Um, I have, there's a song that I wrote for my dog when he passed away um, and a song that, I put out on this album called Honest, which was uh, I, I wrote for one of my daughters. So I, I knew I had emotionally heavy songs and Kerbo likes those, but I wasn't sure that I had the 
the those kind of standout songs that I that I submitted last year. Yeah, yeah. Well, they were great songs last year, and uh, well, I'm bummed I'm not going to get to see you in the finals. But obviously, they were great songs um, again this year. And Honest is on the is on the this new album. Um, well, that's cool. And what is your how do you feel about songwriter competitions in general? I mean, I've heard different things from people like, ah, you know, you can't measure a song that way. And I've also had people say, Hey, it means you got great songs. And if you can do, you know, if you can become finalists multiple times and multiple things, you're doing, you're doing something right. I think that there's a bit of truth to both of that. Right. It's one of those, you know, if you don't win, it doesn't mean that your songs weren't fantastic. And if, if you do win, it doesn't mean that you were better than anybody else, but it does mean that you had a song that resonated with a number of people that were critically listening to listening to your songs for quality, you know? So I, 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 I like the feedback element of these, you know, and obviously the, when the success comes of being named a finalist, as you can attest to, it feels good to have people say that you wrote good songs. I don't necessarily think it means that you're writing better songs than anybody else or that, you know, the thing I like about Kerrville more than your standard songwriting contest is that you submit two songs. You don't submit a press kit. You don't submit your tour schedule. You don't submit how many podcasts or blogs are writing about you. It's you're measured on, you are a number and your song is there and it goes to however many different judges and they all have to say very nice things about it. And the fact that you put in two songs, I think is important too, because there's a difference between a song contest and a songwriter contest. And when you have a contest like Curvo that makes you write the song within the last 18 months and you have to put two of them in, these are active writers participating in the competition, which is why that's the one that I, that I subscribe to. And I, I have some friends around here that had some success in Curvo, Andy Baker being a mutual friend. And he kind of, you know, encouraged me to submit it that first time too. So but I'm not a big believer that these contests can make or break anything, but they're, it's certainly nice to get positive reinforcement that you're doing something well. well what do you and, think? And Andy's someone else too, who's been a finalist and not one and then gone back and won and yep. been a judge. Um, and that was kind of one of the things he said to me was uh, you have to have two good songs you know, he was talking about how they how they rate it. You know, you can have one really good song and if the other one stinks. I mean, they kind of no. both in order to in order for that composite score or whatever to be high enough to make the cut, you have to have two really strong songs, and that's a uh, that's a cool thing about this competition. But I think I don't know. I think I think I agree with you. It's certainly we're also if you're a songwriter and you're playing this kind of music. Uh, you know, I, I think there's a, a self-consciousness there, right? I mean, you're, you're thinking deeply and it's easy to get down on yourself. And I think there is a certain amount of validation that selfishly does feel good. Like, Hey, for sure. I wrote a good song and it's, and it got recognized. Maybe I'm doing something right with my life. <laughs> right. It's like winning like a local music award. It's like, it's a local music award, but nine out of 10 people are probably putting it on their wall in the studio. You know, it's something to hang your hat on that in a world that there's not a ton coming back to hang your hat on. Right. We're, we sing about our feelings. Lots of people do it. It's a, like you said, it's already a very vulnerable art form. It's nice to get a pat on the back for sure. And for someone like me that I, I can't tour and hit 
the road. Like I would love to, you know, I have home responsibilities that are kind of keeping me in, in place for the time being by choice. Um, but these festivals are where song nerds go to find new music. So it, it's, there's a, there was an access to a fan base through these contests that are, that are, it's difficult to find somewhere else if you're not leaving and playing new cities all the time. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. The community. Yeah. Yeah. You can't, yeah. The community is great. Yeah. Um, something, something I admire about you is that you're doing, um, you're balancing life. I mean, you're doing lots of different, we're all balancing life, but you're a full-time dad. You have three kids. You were crazy enough to have not just one, not just two, but three. Um, you're married, you have a job, Yeah. you're playing music all the time and you're very high. You're not a hobbyist. You're very high level musician. I think it's difficult to be a, a high level musician and songwriter when you have all these other things going on, but you are, um, how, how do you find time to prioritize everything when you have so many priorities that need to be, uh, high priorities? Um, well, a, I'm obs absolutely obsessed with songs. I love making up songs. I'm always noodling around, even around the house. I mean, if I'm watching the Tigers game, I mean, I have a guitar. I'm, I'm, I'm stockpiling riffs and different licks and everything. I mean, I'm, and um, I stay up when I get time. I, I make sure that I go out and that I'm actively writing. I, I, I joined a couple of songwriter groups a few years back that made me produce at least a song that I could play into a camera and put up for other songwriters to hear at least two a month, just because I'm obligated to with a deadline. And that was that accountability has made a big difference. I mean, there would be months where I would not have written a song if I didn't have to, to stay in the group. And many of those songs end up being on albums. I think that when you writing, when you don't feel like writing is when you get better at writing. And then when the inspiration does hit, all of a sudden you have a stockpile of muscles that you've been working to be able to channel that into something even better. But I mean, a lot of the songs on my record came from me sitting down to write when I didn't want to because I needed to because I told someone I would, you know, so that the accountability of those groups has helped a lot. And I also think when you say priorities, I mean, the kids are obviously most important. And when that stuff's taken care of, there's a little bit less stress when you come out to the barn to write, you know? So I, I think, um, I wouldn't say I prioritize music over the family or anything else, but it's, it's very, very important to, to me to get some time to myself, to be able to do what I'm, I feel compelled to do, which is make songs. Yeah. So, and my family is super supportive of it too. My kids love hearing my songs. I, I mean, that's the, be the bedtime's, I have two six-year-olds and an eight-year-old who ask to hear my new song when I'm talking to them in. I mean, it's, it's, it's cool to have a little fan club there too. And they make up their stuff and we music's just kind of always around. So uh, I'm not sure I get much credit for prioritizing. I think I just have an unhealthy obsession with it that I have super cool kids and wife that help me kind of fuel it. Is that fun uh, for the bedtime story to get to go play your new song and see their reaction? Oh yeah. And they're very good audience too. You know, I have a, a stockpile of kids songs I've been doing with the same producer that, this, that did this record. And I mean, you, I might think I have this genius little kids song and I'll go play it for them and I look and they're asleep and I'm like, Oh, 
this one sucks. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, they're, they're a good litmus test for the stuff that the people will respond to because there's no filter with kids. Even yeah. if it's not a kid's song, if they're responding to it and they're, they're humming it while they're brushing their teeth, I know I'm onto something because they wouldn't lie about it. They don't have, you know, they don't have the emotional IQ to tell me that something that sucks is good. <laughs> so yes. Yeah. I love, I love throwing my songs off of them. Are, so they, I mean, do they actively tell you sometimes like, I really like that one. I like that one better than all, than most of the others you do. I mean, do they, besides It'll just be watching more, their faces? They'll sing it. I'll catch them humming it or singing it usually will be rather than like providing the direct feedback. Right. They definitely have some like, um, you know, a lot of times like I'll be sitting there playing and it'll be something that we were like, we, I have a song I wrote a couple weeks ago about that. We were all screwing around weeding our garden and, and, you know, one of them found a worm and I was saying, worms are cool. Don't hurt the worm. The worms are awesome for the garden. And we started just singing these songs about worms. And then like that night I was playing the worm song. And so like, they kind of feel like they had some skin in the game. They were there for its inception and stuff. And it, now, now they love the worm song. I'm sure they're going to make me put their names on the copyright, but <clears throat> yeah, I try to let them in on it as much as I can. And I mean, it, it's fun. It's very, it's super fun when they start writing. They start bringing their own Kyle, or they call me dad, but daddy, I got a new song and you know, about the swings or, you know, someone at school. Yeah. It's, it's great. Wow. And now they're listening to Ed Sheeran and Justin Bieber and they're writing songs that, with baby in it and stuff. And I'm like, Ooh, you don't you be writing those, those baby Bieber songs yet. You're still my little girls. <laughs> it's coming. It's coming whether you wanted to or not. I know uh, it is. Yeah. It's a ton of fun, man. My kids are super cool. What is, I mean, what's next on the agenda for you in terms of, I mean, you've got these festivals that you're doing this summer. You just put out an album and I know that that is a little bit of a, a breather, right? You finally get it out there after all this work and say, okay, there it is. Take a load off, you know, whatever, take a deep breath whatever it is you do celebrate for a couple of days, but what is the next thing that, you know, the next big goal, I know you're going to record some of the, uh, some of these other tracks, um, from, from the catch sessions that were initially a part of that. But I mean, what's the next big, uh, musical goal for you? Definitely that next album. I want to, I want to wrap that. I, I, I work much better without a stockpile of stuff. I don't know what I'm doing with. So I, it's almost will feel like I'm kind of cleaning the slate of, of some of those other ones that I definitely want to get recorded. Um, I, I'm going to try to do some press for for the Catch album. I'm hoping to to to, to shake some hands down at Kerrville and, and meet some some song folk down there that that you know might appreciate the album and try to do as much as I can as far as just getting it into the right hands. Um, but it's so for me, it's always been about just making more songs. I'm just excited to this is has you said it's an emotional lift and you you feel like you get a little bit of a breather i can't wait to just have some time to just make up new songs that is yeah. definitely the next thing on the agenda yeah yeah back to the writing recommit to making more songs that's just my i'm so excited yeah yeah absolutely and i want to say too that the song that you and i that we we wrote together we co-wrote 
which is something that you you brought to the table and and uh, I jumped in on it. So I think it's you know maybe more of a it was I, I got to give you credit for more than fifty percent of it because you brought you brought the song, but uh, it was a great process. It was very laid back and fun, and we were just goofing off putting words together. And co writes aren't always like that, but I could tell. Kyle's just having a fun time. He just wants to. I love making up songs. You, you're just the musicianship that you ooze. It doesn't matter what instrument you have. I had so much fun writing with you and you make me laugh. I mean, anytime that you've made a fake band name called Slipknot after a co-write, <laughs> when you're writing a love song called Love is Love in Progress and you decide to call the project Slipknot, I mean, I'm in on that. I'm there for that. And All day. I loved it. I absolutely loved writing with you. That's S-L-I-T. S-L-I-T. We, we already we knew there'd be some copyright issues with Slipknot. Yeah. You can't copyright a rhyme, right? No, I don't think so. Yeah, it's perfect. Uh, it's perfect. I, you're, you're right. I was absolutely in my happy place. I was doing my favorite thing with someone I re- deeply respect and have a good time with. Like It just doesn't get any better for me. Well, it was it was a lot of fun. We got to do it again soon. We got we should uh, we should lay that one down. I still want to hear the Andy version of it. I know I got to do that. I got to sing it. Got to work it up. I was just yeah. listening to it again today, and I was cracking up because one of your daughters is just cheesing in the background. Like you start oh. singing it, and you're like, "Hey, this is Love in Progress, a slit knot song. I'm gonna play it on the piano." And you start playing it, and one of your daughters is like, "That's my dad." Like she was your. Uh, <laughs> What do you call it? He was like your hype man. She's like, make no mistake about it. <laughs> Kyle Rashi in the house. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if that, that was... demo ever services, uh-oh. Got to be careful what you send over the internet. I'm trusting you with that one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, I haven't shared it with anyone. I just, just for my own ears. It's hilarious. I love it. I love it. And uh, well, it just shows, too, that you're, there's no uh, division between family and music or whatever. It's just, this is part of what we do. Dad's playing his new song. Sure. Come sit yeah. on the piano bench. Like we're just, this is what's happening right now. And that's, that's really cool. Yeah. I love that. I, it's they're, they're definitely a big part. I mean, I think the record kind of says it. There's a lot of, there's a lot of mention of, of the girls in that. And they're just, they're what I know right now. So that's what I'm going to write about. What's your favorite song on this new release? My favorite song? Hmm. Catch definitely holds a very special place in my heart. I mean, the album is called Catch. It was it was the song that, you know, the song where you finish and you're like, oh, I guess I'm making another record. That was yep. Catch. So, um, but yeah, that one that one is very, very important to me. And then... I think I really like how Wild as Dreams turned out. That started as a ch- for that children's song project with Josh. And when I sent that to him and he came back with the track list and it had Wild as Dreams on it, I was like, no, that one was for the other project. And he's like, listen to it again. And I'm very grateful that he included it here because I think it fits really well with the record. And it was just kind of a pleasant surprise to see it in this batch of songs and how yeah 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 um that's cool that it, it, it is neat that you have the kids songs in there too i i mean i love that i mean just just one on this record but it's cool that you have that other side and i know when uh 
you and uh, Andy Baker and I did the, the house concert at Andy's parents' house last summer, you pulled out a couple of those songs and they were they were just a huge hit because uh, it's it's not the kids' songs where it's like one two three you and me. It's <laughs> there, there's something there's something deep to it, but also there's the innocence of a child um, that adults can appreciate in the song just as much as the kids. I think. Yeah, well, and when you think about the good kids' music, the music and rap, like Rafi. Like I still love Rafi's records. Those, if you can make a song that is, a will keep the kids' attention, and and b uh, that a, a parent doesn't mind having on all the time. I mean, that's that's the secret sauce right there. As far as just something that parents don't mind listening to, you know, Baby Shark fucking sucks. <laughs> I hate that yeah. song. Yeah. Yeah. My kids went through Baby Shark, and I'm like, I wanted to. Th- throw Alexa into the pond. I was, there's just a lot of very annoying, almost insulting music geared toward these kids. That's like, I don't know if you can throw something together that, that, uh, that's kind of what we're going to do. Hope you, you cut for our own kids. You cut out for oh, a second sorry. there. You said if you could do something that or something like that, and then it cut out. Just just like maybe the last two sentences. Trying to make songs that keep kids' attention, that is a good, wholesome message, something that they can chew on that is tolerable for parents to listen to is, it was our goal. I mean, we have to play these songs too, so we're trying to make music that we like that is that is fit for that genre, which is you know, a, a much smaller attention span, right? And it has to be a little bit more bright and colorful. But it's it's been an awesome project. I mean, we went into it thinking like, this will be simple. We get to write simple kids songs. It's like, it's it's harder to write a super simple song and have it be quality. Like it, it, it I feel it's a very delicate balance between being simple and, and being just easier, insulting almost, you know? You got to find that that balance and, it's it's been a lot of fun and like i said i have the best sounding board you could possibly get yeah 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 absolutely absolutely well so uh i was just looking at my notes and we kind of we just went all over the place and it was great did i did i leave anything out is there anything else we should jump into uh, i don't not, i don't think so it's it's just good to see you <laughs> it's good to see you and i'm i'm bummed that we're going to stay in the same two foot radius, we're going to sleep in the same two foot radius, but like a day apart and we won't see each other at the end of the month. Yeah. It's not, it's not all the time that someone could catch your cold and you get to spend no time with them. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll have to figure it out. We'll have to maybe, maybe next year we'll have to pick a folk alliance event that we can both skip to. We should. I'm, I'm going to folk alliance next week. Are you going to farm in Chicago in the fall? Not as of now. You should. You should. I don't know if you're going to be on tour, but uh, it's just east of Chicago. I think it's the end of September, but it's the Folk Alliance region Midwest. You're going to Swarfa, right? I haven't, been, I haven't been to any of them yet. This The Folk Alliance International, the, it, I'm going to the, the main one next week is my first one. And oh, I'm going to be- Kansas City. Yeah, 
Yeah, I'm going to be in the Midwest end of September, beginning of October, playing shows. So I probably will just miss miss a farm. Well, look it up. It might it might you might be able to belly up the tour on one or bookend it on one end or the other. But that yeah, would you would love cool. that. I, that's where I've met a lot of my songwriter friends is through the Folk Alliance stuff. Those those it's it's a very very cool event. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm looking forward to it. And regardless, not an official one. I'm doing some of those gorillas. Okay, the like the hotel room ones. Yeah, and then you're hosting something for the podcast too, right? Are you hosting a room? Not hosting a room. I didn't. I, I didn't even know hosting a room was a thing until uh, until a few weeks ago. But I'm. It's since my first time. I got a scholarship to go an industry scholarship for the podcast. So that's what my name tag is going to say: middle class rock star podcast. Awesome! Congratulations. Yeah, it'll be fun. It'll be fun. Dude, you do such a good job on this thing. I, I listened to Sam's and I listened to Shanna's last week. Chuck Brodsky's was one of my favorites. You, uh, you're you crushing it, man. Well, I, I appreciate it. And I love your new album. And thank, you. and thank you for being episode number 100. I'm episode number 100? Yeah, ding, 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 confetti. Your you're episode number 100. Episode, but such an honor. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I it couldn't have been couldn't have been a better conversation. It's glad to have you on for it, man. I'm so grateful that you had me. And like again, you're just you're killing it musically. The podcast. It's really cool to see your star rising. And I want everyone to know that I've heard Andy's new album that you haven't heard yet, and it's fantastic. You're too nice. You're too nice. Everyone needs to go listen to the new chain. I keep. I got to say chain of lakes, not Kyle. I've been talking to Kyle, the person chain of lakes, chain of right. lakes, the catch album came out yesterday. Well, about a week ago, uh, May well, 13th. Tw- well, but when people are listening to this, Oh yes, you're right. But yeah, when- it came out, came out May 13th, technically yesterday, about a week ago. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be a week ago yesterday when you hear this. All right, that's my conversation with Kyle. Kyle, thanks for coming on. Thanks for being a part of episode 100. Um, it's listed in the show notes, but just so you, the listener, know, um, we listened to clips of two songs off of um, the new Chain of Lakes record. One of them, Father's House, F-A-T-H-E-R-S-H-A-U-S, all one word, um, we listen to a clip of that, and then we also listen to a clip of Catch. I don't need to spell that for you. So if you like those songs, you can go look them up on Spotify or wherever you listen. Or you can support. You can buy the whole album um, you know, on Kyle's website or where, wherever he's got it for sale. I'm, it's, it's up everywhere. So there will be some links in the show notes. Um, but just wanted to make everyone aware of those two songs that I specifically played clips of in this episode. Thank you again, everyone, for listening. I sure appreciate the support, and um, and I'm excited to keep going with it. So enjoy the rest of your week, and I'll uh, I'll talk to you next time. Bye bye. <laughs>